A skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo-hoo. This is episode 29 of the Archipreneur Now podcast, here just for you. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and today I have on the Steve P. Young, the host of the Mobile App Chat podcast, a huge inspiration for me. He's actually one of the very first podcasts I started listening to when I discovered such thing as a podcast, and he has just been unbelievably inspiring and and just kind of kicked me in the ass and gotten me motivated. And shortly after, I decided I was going to start this podcast and also begin to create my own app. So Steve is the man. He has a family. He had a full-time job. And he took that situation and turned it literally into the life that he wanted, the life that he wanted to create for himself, working from home, spending more time with his family. And I love the fact that he's so brutally honest in his show. So go over there and check that out, the Mobile App Chat Podcast. And I've learned so much for him, and I am pumped to get into the show today. So all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 29. And here we go. Yo, everybody jump up and wiggle your feet. Do a little boogie-woogie while I drop the beat. Here we go now. Who wants to get funky? Who wants to get a little creative out there? Which one of you want to get a little bit artsy now? Then get on with your bad self. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to the front? As if they do, don't you dare tie them in a knot, you silly little goosey goosey goose. Because our guest today is going to make those ears a ring a ling a ding dong with all the value you could ever desire. He's the host of the Mobile App Chat Podcast, an app developer, and an entrepreneur. Everybody do the funky chicken and give it up for Steve. P. Young. Steve, you are the entrepreneur now. What's going on, man? What's up? Wow, that was fantastic, Keith. I want some intro music next time. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like WWE style. (laughs) Like Ric Flair, man. You can do whatever you want, yeah. Woo! Steve played a gigantic role in inspiring me really to start the podcast. I was a big fan of his show before I even thought about making one myself. Uh, So thank you so much for being on the show. I'm truly humbled. Uh, You're definitely a baller, and I'm a huge (laughs) fan of your show. And I suggest everybody check out the Mobile App Chat podcast, especially if you're an app developer, uh, because you'll hit a home run. You'll hit it out of the park. Every single episode is exploding with value like a fat kid in a Speedo. So uh, check it out. I highly recommend it, man. What's going on? <laughs> What's up? I'm loving all this. <laughs> it, yeah, we're, we're all about just bringing value to the audience, uh, keeping it high energy, keeping it creative. And man, you know all about it. You've been down low, up high. You've struggled through. You've got a family. You worked a full-time job. And you've made the transition to being an entrepreneur, which is so inspiring. And you really relate to a lot of us because you built that lifestyle uh, while you were doing all this. And I know you were telling me earlier how you would ride the bus to work or the train and you would stand up 
you know, editing podcasts with one hand and holding your laptop with the other, which is just, you know, that's crazy, man. It's unbelievable. And I'm, I'm eager to learn so, so much more from you, Steve, and I can't wait to dig into it. Uh, so do a little dance, man, and a little boogie-woogie. Let, let's get a little funky, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, can you start just by telling us maybe a little bit about your background, man, and how you've kind of taken that turning point uh, to get from working a full-time job and doing all this on the side and just going on that pound-town pain train every day to the point now where you finally – uh, have created this lifestyle that you really love. Yeah, yeah. So I am an app developer, and I guess I can code, but I consider myself more of a marketing guy. So I used to work, my whole career was all about marketing. I used to be an online marketer for Walmart, and then I went to like email marketing. And then as this term growth hacker started evolving, you know, I sort of became a growth hacker, so to speak at my latest job and that was my last corporate job and I went into that job saying like this is going to be my last job because ever since I was little I've always wanted to do my own thing and I don't know why I didn't do it sooner but it took me like 33 years and just said okay fine I'm I'm making the switch to do it and so I've been in marketing but I got into apps in 2011 when my son was just sort of growing up and I said and I saw him really engage with the educational apps. I said, well, like, I want to do something like that. So let me, let me, let me give it a shot. Try to learn Objective-C. Couldn't learn it. I had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> and I picked up this tool called Corona. And it allows you, if you know a little bit of web dev and HTML and CSS, that's all I pretty much knew, a little bit of PHP. You can really pick it up easily. And so I started picking that up, found some sample code, and got my first app out there that I did completely on my own. Did all the voiceovers myself. Did everything myself. And so, and it shot up to educational, number eight under educational games. And it was free app, so I wasn't making any money, but it was kind of cool to see it kind of take off. And that gave me the bug. But I was still at a full time job. And I guess when you, one of your questions was like, what's that major turning point? It was when I actually joined a mastermind. I joined John Lee Dumas's Entrepreneur on Fire mastermind. And I had no idea what a mastermind was when I joined it. I was like, forget it. I like John. I listened to his show. He's doing this thing. Let me just join it. And I was part of the first 50 that joined. And in that group, like I met a whole ton of people that I still keep in touch with. And within this private Facebook group we had, people started posting in that like they were going to leave their corporate job soon. And they're like, hey, I put a date in, I put a date in, I put a date in. I was like, holy cow. And, you know, there were some people that were already entrepreneurs, quote unquote. And then there were some people like me doing just the side hustle. And that's when I said, okay, fine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a date too. And so that was a pivotal point. And I also hired a business coach too. And that helped me sort of put things into place to, to leave the corporate gig. Yeah, John is the man. And I'm glad that you said that you couldn't pick up the Objective-C, man, because I thought I might have been the only one that just looked at that and felt like I was just a complete moron. No, I had no idea. I bought like three <laughs> books maybe. <laughs> and like I bought the dummies probably. I bought the beginners. And I was like, this is way too confusing for me. <laughs> Yeah, I've just I've gotten to the point now where I just want to take source codes and break down skins and just look at everything to try to, you know, memorize pieces and see if I can't put something back together, but it's definitely a, a little bit different from CSS or, you know, PHP or JavaScript or any of that. It is. It is. That's why I like Corona because it's based off of JavaScript. So if you know if you know a little JavaScript, you can pick it up. And, you know, it's really good for good for some games, some games and some children's apps. And so with Corona, I've built maybe four or five apps all on my own using Corona. 
And I look at some of those apps, I'm like, holy cow, I did that. Like, I remember when I was trying to code that functionality, like this rain, I did have an app that has rain particles that come down. And I think it took me the hardest, the longest time to do just the rain effect on an app. But now I look back at it, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool looking back at something that you create, whether it be an, yeah. a mobile app or a website or an art, you know, a piece of artwork or a musical uh, composition. I mean, it is amazing to look back and, that's one huge thing we get in this life, man, is is there's nothing holding us back from creating anything that we really want to if you just put your foot forward and, and put your mind to it and go after it. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, we live in such a great age right now. I grew up in 1980. Oh, I was born in 1980. And like back then, you like I was thinking, like, my dad couldn't do any of this stuff. You know, like none of them. And the fact that we have Wi-Fi anywhere, we can work out of coffee shops, we can do all these little things and run a podcast from our living room and still build up an audience. That's amazing. Like we live in a great, great time right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if, if you have an idea that you want to get out into the world, it's kind of all about taking the actions right now at this moment. And I know you know this or you wouldn't be where you are. So what are some of the habits you have in place to be able to manage your family and your podcast and your app projects in this world that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to um, kind of be here without. Yeah, so I will say this. I think you know people give a lot of advice about being focused and they're too general. I'd say the one thing that's really worked out is I have this Trello board where it talks about like things I need to get done today, and I always try to rank them by what's most important, and that helps. But giving yourself a limited amount of time, meaning I have two kids. My wife has her own business. I have my own and so through most of the days, so most of the days a week, we're just splitting the days between us. One parent, one parent takes care of the kids and the other parent works. And then we'll flip at like 2 p.m. And then, you know, we'll, we'll do the vice versa. And so I have like four hours or six, four to five hours a day to get the most impactful work done. And so I can't be checking email. I can't be looking at Facebook. I can't be doing anything. So give yourself a specific amount of time. And just get that work done. And don't check anything because you don't have time to check anything. You got to go back and get to care, take care of the kids or be with the family. So I would say just give yourself a limited amount of time that you think you can get stuff in and just try to cram everything you can in that given amount of time. Woo, doggy. Yeah, man, that, that is such good advice. And I've recently found the power of actually uh, scheduling those little time frames out and not having any distractions. And I also am a huge fan of Trello. And I got really upset when I went to change the background a couple weeks ago, and they updated that pro version there, and I couldn't do it anymore. Oh, interesting. I have the same default background. I love it. <laughs> yeah. What do you think the um, the craziest thing that has happened to you along this way so far? I mean, not necessarily in a worldly sense, but what was yeah. the most eye-opening experience? Oh, man. I mean, the fact that people even listen to the show, I think, is crazy. And the fact that, you know, I've been able to even get find sponsors, but just having, just building up an audience and being able to, you know, being asked to come on to other people's podcasts and do interviews like this, like, that's just been the most eye-opening. To think that there are maybe close to a thousand people every day that are listening, not every day, but anytime I publish an episode, like a thousand people will listen to it. And while the numbers don't seem like huge, because John Lee Dumas does huge numbers and you know, all the really popular 
podcasters, they do huge numbers, but I have to be grounded and say like, wow, that's, that's not bad. Like I still would take that still. And I think now, like, I just want to be, have an engaged audience that people are willing to just email me anytime and just say, Hey Steve, I got a question. I really want to build that type of audience. Cause you know, once you do that, then the audience will grow itself and they'll want to support you and they'll want to tell their friends about your podcast. So that's all I'm focused on is the numbers I have. I'm very happy with it. How do I increase the engagement? How do I get everybody more involved in the whole community? But that's been the most eye opening, dude. The fact that we we can put put on a show and the fact that people would actually listen to the show, it's amazing. Yeah, man, it really is. It's even if you had two or three listeners, it's just you know that they're listening and it's it's such a special feeling and a thousand listeners per episode, man. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Uh, what are some ways that you took it from when you first launched your podcast? What, what, how many think, how many listens do you think you had, you know, in the first month per episode? I had maybe a few hundred, I think three, 300 to yeah. 400 when I first started. And, and you've yeah, taken it up to a thousand. What, what are some of those, what are some of the methods you put in place to kind of spread it other than, you know, word of mouth? Yeah. So there's been some key things. So the, I'll give you the most impactful way. And I read this on a magazine because the guy, so what I did here, I'll just go straight to the point. What I did was one of my guests had an email list. I knew it because I was part of his email list already. And he was one of my first guests on there. And he was saying how he grew his magazine, his app magazine. And what he did was he asked somebody with an email list to be like, hey, would you promote this magazine? I featured one. I featured your interview or your piece in it. And the guy said, sure. And that led to a ton of downloads for his magazine. So I was like, hey, I'm going to use the same strategy on you then. Hey, dude, you know, would you mind promoting your episode, your interview on your email list? And he's like, and I'm like, I know you did it on your thing. That's how I found out about the strategy. He's like, yeah, sure. And that like spiked it immediately once oh, wow. he did that. And so that was one strategy. That was one of the most impactful strategies in terms of spiking it. Everything else has been like long, you know, just having the guests, each guest tweet out or share it on their social networks. That helps. Those are some of the things that you should always do. But that was one of the most impactful things. And my other guest did it without me even asking. He's like, oh, hey, I, I just did this interview with Steve. Go check it out. Because I was on his email list too. And I was like, hey, thanks, man. That was, that was really awesome of you. Those, when, those have been the most impactful things. When other people can kind of get behind what you're doing and then yeah. tweet out for you what or even send an email. I mean, tweeting out is no-brainer, but sending out that email is like going to drive a huge amount of downloads. Oh, man, it's brilliant. I, I love the the atmosphere of podcasters. You, know, you don't run into any... I haven't run into yet any podcasters who are like, no, don't talk to me, You know, go away. Everybody's so open and wants to help each other and wants to share. And it's like that for a majority of uh, the market on the internet as well. I mean, not just the podcasting, but the blog world, the entrepreneur world. Everybody wants to put a hand out and help somebody who's trying to get... Uh, to that next step and it's it's an amazing community to be to be a part of yeah absolutely i mean it's going to be one of the i'm glad you did this ethan it's one of the best things i've ever done and the fact that you start people start asking you and you're like whoa like now you know people ask me when they want app advice i'm like you know what i never i started this podcast because i wanted to learn from other people i didn't start it because i wanted to be the expert and slowly people start seeing you as the expert and so it's been crazy yep there's always something to learn and there's always something to teach so that's what's beautiful about it yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, out of all of your episodes interviewing all of these brilliant minds who are basically creating the digital app world that we are also sucked into, you know, on a daily basis, 
What are some of the best lessons that you have learned from your guests? To start small. Like don't don't think of the app idea, especially if you're in the app space. Just start something small. We all we all have these grand ideas of what we want our apps to be, but to start with something simple and small, like give yourself literally like I think I love time constraints. So give yourself a time constraint. It's artificial, it doesn't mean anything. But say like I got a month to build something. And it's like, well then now you strip out features when if you're only giving yourself a month. And so that helps just build out something small. Like I just published this in an interview, but Timberman, he's one of the top apps right now, top free games. And I interviewed him and he's like, Yeah, I spent six months trying to develop three of my other games. They don't do anything, but we spent a month on Timberman and now Apple featured it and it has over seven million downloads. So just start simple. Jeez. That's quite the kick in downloads. Yeah. Apple featured and he said it was six million since it's been featured yes so me being kind of in a position that you were in a while back and i've got maybe 15 episodes out but there is so much work that goes into creating a podcast when you're doing it by yourself and you you don't have the vas and you you don't have any help really and i know you've made a transition to to reaching out and getting some of that help but one of the huge problems i'm having is you know i'm working eight to 10 hours a day, I have to go on the road and I'm getting up at like four o'clock in the morning. I'm a huge fan of how Elrod's the miracle morning. I practice all that to get my mind working. And then I come home and, you know, from like six to 10 o'clock at night, I work on this and I really want to figure out some ways to clear up some space so I can go back to having, you know, an hour here or an hour there where I can actually do something that I enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, like a hobby or a passion. Mm-hmm. So, so what are some of the major things that you've done to kind of transition from that crazy, hectic, do everything on the side uh, to kind of wrap it into this big core uh, process? Yeah, so you, I think it's outsourcing. So the one thing that helped was in the beginning, I used to just work around my guest schedule, right? Like you, you have this insecurity about yourself that who the heck am I? Like, yes, I owe you for coming on to me, coming on to this podcast. Like I owe you a ton. And so I would work my way like, all right, you're, you're not free here. What about here? And I would kind of figure out like whatever worked best for them, I, I did it. And so what I started doing was putting just a day, especially because for me, like I was working from home on Wednesdays, I could block out a couple of hours to just record. And so I would just do that. And I would wake up a little bit early so I can get some work in. And then the, the afternoon shift would be to just to record. And so I would block that time out. And so I would just have Wednesdays as recording days. And I still do this to this day. Like Wednesdays are my recording days and you have to figure out what works best within my schedule for you. And so that's helped out. I also outsource the blog post stuff. And so with every podcast, there's always show notes and things like that. And when I started seeing the stats it was like 1500 people were downloading the episode, but maybe like 50 people were visiting the website. I'm like, forget it. Like what am I like you know slaving myself for a couple hours for like the 10 people that are showing up to my website so like nobody visits my website like let's just forget about it let's let me outsource it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be excellent but it's going to be good enough for me to just not have to do it and spend my energy on things that I really like doing which is recording and interviewing people and so I think those two things helped out a lot being able to just interview on one day and so I'm tired but heck I got it all done and that's Dumas's model, right? He just batches everything. And then now, you know, to like start automating some things such as 
the VA stuff. And the other tool for anybody who's looking to get into podcasting that love is Ophonic. That's A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C, Ophonic. And what that does is you, it'll level your audio. It'll add all the tags that you need to add. I used to do that manually before this tool, but now it's just it's preset. There's a preset. So it says preset mobile app chat, and it does the little artwork. It does LLC. like It does everything. And so all you have to do is put in the title and then description, the little show notes description, and then it'll even syndicate it to Libsyn or SoundCloud for you. What? Yeah. This is that. Well, that just sounds like heaven. It is the best tool. I pay for this tool. It was free <laughs> when it was when it first launched, but I pay for this tool now because it saves me so much time. I mean, it sounds I, like something I would pay for immediately. How much is yeah. it? It's. I think the the plan that I have. So I sent you a link, Ooh. but the plan that I have is eleven dollars. Yeah, eleven dollars a month. Oh man! And you get two hours of processing time for free a month, but. If you need more time, eleven hours or nine hours for eleven dollars. Well, hallelujah, man! Thanks for introducing me to that. Yep. Cool. So you do these mobile apps and these projects, and you know you're all in the designs, and you also do the podcasting. What's the time split there? You know, do you spend more time on your podcasting, or do you spend more time, or is it kind of split down the middle? Not so much on the podcast anymore because I've systemized it in a way where. Everything's everything flows right. Like in the beginning, I used to edit in the sponsors. Once I got sponsors, I used to never do it during the interview. Now to save me time, I just do it through the interview. And it was because my insecurities again. Like it's like, oh well, he's spending some time with me. I don't want to bother him with some ad reads because it's it's his time too. And so that was my insecurity. But then now I'm like, forget it, man. It's going to save me so much more time. Let me just do it then. And so. The podcasting, it's just one day that I do it, and then I spend maybe a couple of hours for the week for just to edit. Like I'll bang out six different episodes. So I'll try to do – I'll edit all six episodes at once, and then that'll take me a couple hours. But So I, podcasting is sort of – it's automatic. There's a process in place. I don't have to worry about it so much. The other stuff is now split between apps, and mainly this past month I've just been focused on apps. So I've been doing a few reskins here and there just to test the market, and my goal – I'm going to write about this and kind of talk about this a little bit later, but my goal has been like 30-day challenge where I'll try to publish at least 20 to 30 apps within that time frame and just start testing like crazy within that space. And, you know, like being that focused now, I've learned so many little tips and tricks here and there about ASO, about all these little things, localization, and I started documenting how I do it. So I just pass on like this part of the app making process. So localization is now I passed it on to my VA. I documented everything. I said, hey, you do this now. Like, go do it. And now it's working. It's crazy. It's working. Oh, huge, huge inspiration, man. And I can't wait till I get to a point like that. Uh, and if you guys want to hear any of this fantastic uh, episodes that he has on his podcast about the ASO, I mean, I'm telling you, it is prime time value. If you are into doing anything mobile apps, even if you just want to start looking at doing mobile apps. I mean, it's completely possible to go from not knowing anything to teaching yourself. Uh, you've got all the time in the world. So I suggest if you want to do it, do it now. And the best way to start is definitely check out his his show and, and get into some of those episodes where he really drills his guests for that for those value questions. Yeah, thanks, you. Yeah, man. So I'm going to transition now to your creative side a little bit. Uh, usually we would do this at the beginning of the show but who who are some of your your favorite uh, creative influencers? 
you know, I'm, <laughs> everybody's going to say this, but he is one. Like Jobs is obviously one. I think just the way he thought about certain situations and like his whole passion about not having an on and off button. I mean, that was a big thing for me out of this whole book was like he didn't want on his products an on and off button because he's just like, what's the point of that, right? Like you don't want a button just to do two functions. That's it. That's no point. Mm-hmm. And so that's not an elegant design. So I think he is definitely one. I think a bunch of authors too. Like I love Dan Ariely who wrote Predictably Irrational. I mean, the creative part of that is just insane. Like you've learned so many things. And I think from, yeah, so those people are sort of, my influences and I think the last guy I think would be more I mean I don't want to say somebody that everybody says but you know it's guys like Tim Ferriss is he's an inspiration just because he's willing to put himself through so much like people think this full four-hour out week work week and things like that but it's more like he's experimenting all the time on himself like can I do this to do this can I do that to do that and I love people like that because I'm always experimenting on myself like there are there certain things that I can do to max my time? Can I do this or that? And you're, it's all about testing and doing different things just to see if you can get a bigger output. And so those are those are some of the people that I really inspired by creatively. Creativity, well, whatever <laughs> you say it. <laughs> <laughs> I fully agree, man. Tim Tim Ferriss is the Mac Daddy. Uh, I love listening to his podcast and even any other podcast that he's on. He's always a great. Uh, huge inspiration. The guy does whatever the hell he wants, and he shows you that you, you don't have to be normal. You don't have to follow what tradition is, and anything is possible. I mean, I can't think of anybody else who really lives the anything is possible mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What are some of your favorite uh, musicians uh, or music that you're listening to? Oh, man, I listen to all kinds. I've been really listening to a lot of acapella stuff, and so I listened to this Pandora station called Straight No Chaser, and they're just an acapella group, and they do a lot of covers, and I, I like that. And so I like a variety of music from pop to R&B to rap to any kind of stuff and rock, but I like the acapella. I'm really digging their style, and I, I've been into PTX. It's Pentatonics, I think, and they do a lot of acapella stuff. It's just amazing to like – because everybody has a role, right, and everybody – has their own little role when they're when it's a cappella. And so you don't have this like one person's the lead, one person's this, and one person's that. It's like, no, everybody's constantly singing and adding a little bit of their own thing into the 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 whole composition. Very cool, man. That's not really something you hear very often is somebody say a cappella and you start thinking about it. I can't remember the last time I've heard much other than, you know, when a band or somebody will break into a little two minute a cappella session or something like that. Uh, these people that are actually out there creating full albums like that. So I'll I'll post those in the show notes. Faux show. Nice. So so Steve, if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who would it be and what would you create? Oh man. See, I don't I'm more like I'm the type that I don't I don't think I I create anything. I just look at the market and see if I can make things a little bit better because I think I'm more suited for that. Like I can't invent anything. Like I don't think I'm much of an inventor. I'm more of like, can I improve upon something else? But I think, man, I, I would hate to say this again, but like it has to be jobs. Like just the fact that you you can create, like you can say, hey, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. And whether he throws it away or he hates it, like that would be one guy that I would just love to be in a room with just for an hour just to be like, 
yeah, like this is this is sort of the idea that I have, and to him for him to just be like, no, this this sucks, like, and kind of rip it apart would be really really cool for me. Oh man, it'd be super powerful. But yeah, I have to say, I thought you were gonna say like a a man thong or a banana hammock or something. <laughs> uh, those would be cool. I've heard those rumors. We about need a comfortable you, man. man thong. You're right, actually. <laughs> All right, so we're getting close to the time limit here, and I know you've got to get on out, and I respect that. But if you had to battle Godzilla, how would you use your creativity or talents uh, or planning, as you said, to defeat that big bastard? So I would distract him. I'd give him my iPhone. Give him whatever the po- most popular game is, whether it's Flappy Bird or maybe something monkey-related that he might enjoy, Like just to have him be like, hey, check this out. Like This might be fun for you. And then while he's distracted, you know, obviously, then like just take him out from there. So I'll distract him with my iPhone because, or maybe an iPad. This iPhone's probably a little bit too small. It's probably the size of his pinky. So give him his iPad and then have him distracted that way. <laughs> I'm mobile. I got to stick with mobile, man. I had a previous guest on and her uh, boyfriend was a, or her husband apparently was a huge Godzilla fanatic. And uh, they made a point to tell me that Godzilla was actually friendly in the in the latest movie, which I already knew, uh, but <laughs> it was pretty funny to come across somebody who who uh, was that was that serious about it, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to defeat him, so I would hopefully he'd enjoy the iPad, and then we'd just be friends, and then we could play different games together. That's yeah. what. That's the end goal. Yeah, I mean, he, in all, he's a big monster. So at first, you're going to get that f- flight mentality, you know, right. Till you kind of think yourself out of the situation and give him an iPad or something, you, your your money in the bank. Uh, so, do you, do you have any favorite advice or resources that you want to share with our listeners that you think they could find value in? Yes, I think I tell everybody this. I think you should start your own platform. So, whether if your listeners are more into music or arts, whatever that is. Whether it's a blog, a Dribble account, a Pinterest account, whatever it is, start your own platform so that people know you for something. And I think it's it's been the best thing that I've done starting the podcast because I wanted to learn. And now to think that people actually consider me to be an expert in anything is astonishing to me. And so just because you have a platform and people want to interview, people want to talk to you, people know you for something. And so I would say start your platform and you'll figure out what you can do with that platform later. You can, you can figure all that stuff out. It'll come to you. People will tell you what they need your help with. And that's when, that's when you'll figure it out. And so I say start your platform. You got it. Whether it's a podcast, blog, Dribble account, whatever it is, get, be known for something. Yeah, man. It's huge, huge insight because if you don't have a network – it's not to say that you can't have a network and it is all about just starting your own platform. And I used to have a network doing something that I didn't particularly like that much with an old website that was in the concrete industry and that Google penguin algorithm kind of slapped that website down and I lost, you know, 16,000 impressions a day overnight. And so I really evaluated, well, do I revamp this site, try to get those guests back or do I do something that I'm actually passionate about? So that's when I started uh, the entrepreneur now and my yeah. network is slowly starting to grow. And I've inter- I mean, I've talked to people all over the world, the most amazing people. And everybody is so just willing to exchange amazing information and help. So there's nothing that is more powerful than that network. Yeah. And I, I love the interview style because not only do you build an audience, but you actually, like you said, you grow your network because now people know you 
too, the people that you're bringing on that they may have never heard of you before. And so like, wow, this, this guy has a platform. This guy has his audience. Like, like, let's talk to him. Yeah, for sure. Let's meet up and drink a bunch of beer. Exactly. We got to do that. Yeah. Where are you at, by the way? I am in Lexington, Kentucky, all the way across the country, man. Okay. Nice, man. On my way to Portland, Oregon in about two years, hopefully. Sweet. Cool. I'm not going to say hopefully. I will be there in about two years. We'll be a lot closer then. Then we can grab some beers. Yeah, they have good good beer up there. Lots of good beer. So Nice. And one of my buddies works for Widmer, so maybe we can get free beer. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. How, how can our listeners find you or get in contact with you, Steve? Yeah, just go to mobileappchat.com, and you'll find all the information that you need. Reach out to me if you have any questions. You'll find the contact information there, but mobileappchat.com. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. So, man, do you... If anybody out there really wants to be happy, you have to begin by being appreciative of who you are and what you've got. Analyze your situation. And then you can go out and tell everybody what you want. And somebody will definitely want to help you. Steve is helping people every day. Everybody in this community wants to help. Uh, So following your passion isn't necessarily about uh, doing something that you're going to commit to every single day and just you know, want to jump off a bridge if you don't get there. It's about finding that natural ability to follow what excites you uh, and strive to chase that excitement. So, Steve, thanks so much for sharing your end of it, and thank you for being the Archapreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky. Ooh. Thank you for listening to the Archapreneur Now podcast. For all the show notes and more information, please visit artsynow.com. That's A-R-T-S-Y now.com. Thank you. The music for this podcast was provided by Shaky Feeling out of Ventura, California. For more information, please visit shakyfeeling.com. Keep it funky.